Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Why am I with Seabus Super? Because I'm a builder and they take care of me. Well, I had an accident on the work site and they helped me out, no worries. Yeah, they helped me out real fast. Mate, they just get me. Because they are for all of us. Seabus, for all of us. To consider if Seabus is right for you, visit seabussuper.com.au for a copy of the PDS. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. is the final word World Cup Daily brought to you by Siva Super, the industry retirement fund hitting your super for six. Uh, that's a cricket joke if you uh, didn't get that. We are on day three of the World Cup. We've had two matches today, Afghanistan, Australia and New Zealand, Sri Lanka. And if the sound is a bit different to usual, it's because this episode of the final word is coming to you from the back of a moving vehicle on the highway out of Bristol. Hello, Adam Collins. Uh, hello, Jeff Lemon. Yeah, we said when we started uh, the, the World Cup Daily, day three, this is that some of these would come from weird and wonderful places and we're on the M5, I think it's the M5, maybe the M4, either way, we're on the motorway that goes from Bristol to London and we're very happy to be doing so. One of the M's. One, One of the M's. They all lead to Judy Dench in the Bond movies, <laughs> if you follow any the of M4. the M's. Of course it's the M4. <laughs> uh, a fr- friend of the show, Shannon Gill, who's driving us home, I can see on his screen, M4. M4. What is an M4? An M4 is putting in the middle of the word hammer. Otherwise, it would be harrow, and that wouldn't make any sense. We are, we're on one of the M's. Um, the alternative was going to be a 3.45am bus back to London. So, And we were uh, going to do that too. We'd booked the coach at 3.45 to get back into London at 7am, and we thought that's a quite elegant solution, given all the trains are about 150 quid after yep. an international game of cricket from Bristol. But in the end, we were saved by Gilly. Yep. And so the option was, do the podcast in the back of the car, or get a 3.45 5am bus. So we've chosen this option. Here we are. It's quite comfortable. It's a, it's a, it's a Skoda. They're not sponsoring us, but if you want to, Skoda, drop us a line. Uh, it's quite roomy and spacious in the back. Let's get on to some cricket because yes. we have to get through this thing in under 20 minutes or our producer cuts off the little finger of one of our hands. We don't know which. It's a flip a coin sort of scenario. So let's rattle through Afghanistan versus Australia. The first thing we do on this show every day yes. is the 30-second challenge. Can you summarise the game in 30 seconds? Let's try Boo and boo, we told they would, and they did indeed at Bristol. Afghanistan were keen to bat first. They made 207. It shouldn't have been anywhere near that, given they were 77 for five at one stage. Stark took a wicket in the first over. Cummins in the second over, but some brave batting, some astute hitting, got them to 207. Still nowhere near enough when David Warner and Aaron Finch got the business. They put on 96 for the first wicket. Warner, unbeaten on 89 at the end. Batted with Smith, who got out just before the end. I've nearly hit 30 seconds. They did it in about 35 overs, and Australia were the victors, and Afghanistan were brave in defeat. Spot on. Buzzer beater. I don't think it was very good, but I'm happy to go with it. I'll get Look, better at these 30 second summaries. It doesn't matter if it was any good as long as it was short. That is the only thing that mattered. We have very particular metrics in this particular competition. So that is what happened. Um, 
player of the day is how mm. we start these segments. Who was your... And it's not necessarily... It doesn't have to be the best. It doesn't have to be the man of the match. It doesn't have to be the match winner. But uh, who, for you, was the most influential? I thought... And it won't get spoken much about, but Marcus Stoinis was quite important. He was bowling when Afghanistan had put on quite a decent partnership for the six-wicket. I can't remember how much exactly, but they were ticking along really nicely. And then he bounced out uh, initially, I think it was the captain, Gilbert Naib, and then he picked up Zadran as well, also via the bouncer. And it says a bit about banging the ball in short, which the Australian side followed suit from what had happened in the last couple of days. Stark got the ball swinging as well. So even though most of today's attention will be around the batsmen, namely Smith and Warner in their first game of competitive cricket for 18 months, or first game of international competitive cricket, um, I, I think they'll probably take more out of what they did with the new ball and what their all-rounder Stoinis was able to do. That might give them some flexibility if they want to play a second spinner. Yeah, I, I, I think I think you're right, um, but Stoinis, his real test has got to be with the bat because that's of where course. you know he's he's that middle order player who's been struggling a bit. So um, his his bowling was important, but they were also giveaway wickets. Really, they were they were set at that point. So to give you a bit of a, a flavour. We talk mostly with Afghanistan about the openers. Mohamed Chazad, Hazratul Azarzai, they are both big hitters. They smashed the living daylights out of the ball. They were both out for ducks. <laughs> Faced five balls between them, naught, naught. And at that point, I genuinely thought Afghanistan could be bowled out for 60 here. It could be one of those horror days. That didn't happen. Ramat Shah is probably their most accomplished batsman. He's yep. got four ODI centuries. So he made 43. Hashmatullah Shahidi made 18. They put on 50-odd and started to stabilise. And then after a couple more wickets fell and, and Nabi was run out in comical, ridiculous fashion. Very good run out from Steve Smith, I should add, there as well. That was an excellent piece of fielding. And a, and a very good catch. He took it short cover just before yes. that as well, so had some influence. Then there was that second partnership between Gulbadeen and Najibul Azadran, and they put on nearly 100 and were starting to look pretty feisty. You know, they took on Adam Zampa. They were yeah. going for some of their shots. And my player of the day was Najibul Azadran because his 51 from 49 was... It was just a rollicking sort of innings. He he was not much off 20, and then he went, all right, time to go, kids, and he smacked 20 runs off an Adam Zamper over, and, and off he went on his way. I just loved it, Cat Corner, beneath where we were sitting today, Jeff. The Afghanistan, I call them the Afghanistan cheer squad, the way they were waving their flags like football supporters might congregate uh, in the cop or something like that, or behind the goals in an AFL context. They absolutely lost it when they hit six, the second six in the over, 22 taken from that Zampa set and the amount of noise they were creating, the amount of passion they had around there at one stage they did a, a flag conga line where they were running up and down the, the length of the ground on the eastern side of, a, of, of, the, of the Bristol County ground um, it, I mean we, we talk about the, the passion of the Asian supporters and so forth and um, Afghanistan's support, they're, they're not huge in numbers but gee they gave, it, they gave it big today and you think if you go into internet terminology uh, a, a stan the noun uh, is, yeah. is a fan of somebody yeah. if you're a fan of the of their team you're an afghani stan i like that a lot <laughs> we should do more with that we should do a lot more with that it's just come to me in this very moment yeah we look the, the last six was a filthy full toss that he absolutely should have hit for six any day of the week here's an andy zaltzman stat that was afghanistan's third most productive over in a one-day international <laughs> their third highest scoring over um i think they got a 24 off a, a scotland over at one stage but that 22 of Zampa was up there. As good as that hitting was, Rashid Khan at the end, 27 off 11 balls, some 
audacious strokes played there. Three sixes. I think he, uh, I think he managed to put on 41 for the last two wickets in the space of 20 balls. So when you think they might try and consolidate and get through to the final 10, then maybe <laughs> have a crack. Rashid Khan said, nah, stuff that. I'm going immediately. Which was absolutely fair enough because he was batting with Mujib Rahman, the young spinner, the other young spinner, who was just wallying everything. Got a big top edge over the keeper. It was just slog city. And Rashid Khan was like, okay, there is no point trying to hang about here. I've just got to get what I can while I can. At least he got them past 200 because so there were two points in that innings where they you know they could have been bowled out for 60 and then even after the second collapse they could have been bowled out for 100 and that didn't happen. They got past 200 and they put something on the board. Yeah, they were resilient. So the bottom half of their innings, they struck seven sixes. That's a blunt measure, but it just shows that they were not going to go down without a fight. They easily could have been rock and rolled for 120, 130 when they were struggling halfway through. It had that sense of dread about it. We were talking about whether we'd get back to London for dinner, let alone in time to maybe watch the football or something like that. It was a, it was, it was heading in that direction. And then they, they toughed it out, and that's not been what we've seen so far in this tournament. Most sides, when they've been on the back foot, have been rolled for you know, 100 or 120 or whatever it was that uh, New Zealand ended up rolling Sri Lanka for today and certainly the West Indies versus Pakistan yesterday. So that's one thing that Afghanistan can take from this is that they didn't roll over. And they really showed more fight than Pakistan and Sri Lanka did in similar situations. But we'll come to Sri Lanka just after this. Pat Cummins, three for 40. Adam Zampa, the interesting figures of eight overs, three for 60. So he went at seven and a half and over against uh, Afghanistan, but picked up three wickets along the way. So he won't be entirely unhappy with his day, but maybe mostly unhappy. Uh, Australia knocked him off with ease. Aaron Finch got 66 and more importantly I think got a quick start for the first time in a long time Uh, took on Mujib who often bowls in the power play Mujib's got more wickets in the power play since the last World Cup than any other spinner Um, but the most he's ever gone for in his first two overs was 13 runs until today Finch took 22 off his first couple of overs yeah and he was clearing the rope early as well he hit six fours and four sixes like like the symmetry of that and Finch's 66 off 49 balls and he made 66 of the 96 with Warner so you wouldn't normally expect that any partnership where David Warner's involved with he with him only scoring like roughly a third of the runs not even a third of the runs but that was the the way that Finch went at it and he I mean when he got out I was very surprised he skied a ball that went straight in the air uh, who was bowling then it was the captain Gulbadeen bowling at that point but I thought he was absolutely bolted on for 100 um, so yeah the, the fact that he's gone through that lean trot earlier this year came out the other end of it and seems to be in perfect form at the start of the World Cup is, is uh, ominous for opposing fast bowlers very quickly, a sort of odd sort of innings from David Warner, 89 not out in the end and he got man of the match, but he went very slowly about his work, he was 20 off 40 balls at one point, a strike rate of 50 yeah. just didn't seem himself It was interesting wasn't it, because he made the half century in 74 balls, he was not out 89 at the end but the observation Michael Clark made on the television was that getting red ink at the end and batting through and getting Australia the victory and you know, I guess feeling bad on ball in a big game again, might have been more important than the, the objective of trying to get there quicker and helping their net run rate. I mean, I think you can form an argument either way around that, but it was pretty clear that even after passing 50, he showed no no, no interest in speeding up. He was just going at the same rate the whole way through. Well, if Michael Clark said it, there's no doubt about it. No <laughs> doubt about it. As Steve Smith made 18 and got out just before the close and was furious. I've never seen him so angry. I've seen Steve Smith make more than 20 hundreds in Test cricket in the flesh. We've been very lucky to watch the bulk of his career so far, Jeff, before the ban, and 
I don't think I've seen him as angry walking off a cricket field mm. with a bat in hand, holding it like an axe, as he always does, as he was saying. He was absolutely furious. I had my binoculars on him at the time, and he was swearing and cursing all the way off because I guess much as it was with Warner, he wanted to be there at the end of his first game back, especially given the relatively harsh treatment he cops when walking out to the middle. I mean, the booing is the main storyline from today out of the game. No matter how you cut it, that's what people are discussing. And for my part, it felt as though, like again, we, we talked about it yesterday, people are playing their role. Like, it didn't feel too brutal until the end when they were perhaps a bit boozed up and they really gave it to Smith when he walked out, both to go to the crease and on the way back as well. Booze equal booze. One leads to the other. Um, and Glenn Maxwell got the um, uncomfortable that. task of coming out at the end with three runs to get. He smacked four off his first ball, finished with a strike rate of 400, not out. The end. <laughs> off, off you shoot. Um, so Australia got home and not much joy. Although I suppose Rashid Khan picking up Usman Kawaja for 15, Kawaja batting at three, might be a little bad sign for Kawaja not doing so well in the middle order. And all I'd add to that was that Hermita San Bolt phenomenally well. Six overs, couple of maidens, done for 15. He hit the um, hit the speed radar at 90 mile an hour. This is one of the most exciting bowlers in the world four years ago. Spent the bulk of the last cycle out injured. It's wonderful to see the bloke with the headband and the war paint back for Afghanistan. He bowled quick, bowled well today. He'll be a serious force in this tournament. Quickly on to Sri Lanka versus New yes, Zealand. Yes, which means that's going to be your job, Jeff, to oh, tell God. us in 30 seconds as you scramble for the scorecard, how did that game go in Cardiff? Uh, I can do it in about 10 seconds. Sri Lanka were absolute garbage. They were bowled out for 136. New Zealand made it in 16 overs, and they won by 10 wickets. It was a pantsing of the most humiliating kind. Several laps of the pool table had to be done afterwards. Marty Guttel, 73 off 51 balls. Colin Munro, 58 off 47. Suddenly, New Zealand's bowling look like they have got an attack which could be seriously threatening. Now, it was a green top at Cardiff, which I enjoyed, by the way. I mean, you could argue that they've got months to prepare a pitch. How can there be that much grass? How can it look that green at the start of the World Cup? But I say more of it. And Matt Henry was getting the ball moving around at pace. Beautiful delivery to remove Kushal Mendes' first ball. Trent Bolt wasn't as influential as usual, but we know how good he can be. Uh, Lockie Ferguson, his first wicket in the league before was rapid. Um, he might be a bit of a wild card in this tournament as well. Young sprightly fast bowler so I mean I think we've got the, the, the makings there of something that could be uh, a, a group who can take 10 wickets more often than not and they really shared them around everybody so Bolt Colin de Grandom, Nisham, Santner, they all got at least one wicket. Henry, 3 for 29, was on a hat-trick at one point. Yep. Couldn't get there. No Kiwi bowlers ever got a World Cup hat-trick, and he wasn't able to change that today. But the only plaudits for Sri Lanka were uh, Dimuth Karunaratna, who batted through the innings, carried his bat in a one-dayer, 52 not out at the end, for a bloke who hasn't played a one-dayer in four years, and then suddenly got drafted in as a replacement captain. That's a fair effort. Yeah, I don't think Karunaratna would have, would have even had himself in the squad really if I'm honest if he was picking the squad he probably would have had people ahead of him but he's been thrown the hospital hand pass at the last minute 52 not out I mean he did the best he could in, in the circumstances not many people carry their bat in a one day as you say and he's made of stern stuff Hall of Fame for today because basically there's not a lot to say about that Sri Lanka game except that they're in real trouble and New Zealand have an amazing net run rate which is slightly below West Indies amazing net run rate. They're both at about plus six at the moment. But Hall of Fame for today, what's what's in there for, across those two games? What stood out to you? Obviously Karuna Ratner's got to be yeah, in there. Yeah, Karuna Ratner's definitely, well, given we've had a lot of interest in, in players carrying their bat due to the, the Bannerman stat. If you don't know what that is, just Google our names and Charles Bannerman, you'll probably see something. <laughs> you'll probably find some slash fiction. Yeah, that's 
That's right. I'm sure someone's written it up. If not, someone should. Um, those Afghani uh, fans who are running laps of the field with their flags, they weren't just running laps. They were jumping over seats as well. They were absolutely brilliant. I love them. They're definitely a nomination from me. <laughs> um, I would like to nominate the Afghan TV broadcaster who was walking around with an amazing dress that was covered in little bells. So everywhere she went, it was jingle, 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 jingle. And it was incredibly festive as, as she swept through the halls of the media centre. We've got to get her back. Got to get her on the show at some stage. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to give a nomination just to green pitches. Generally, we we, we always talk about them. Um, usually, the day before a test match, you and I write pieces saying, "Oh, it's a green one. You got to play four ooh, quicks," and we look ridiculous the, green the next morning. Number. <laughs> Here it comes. Green number number five hundred and forty-two. Um, that, that on this occasion it did play tricks. So I want to see more of that. I don't want to have um, straw-coloured roads. I want to see ball um, somewhere near bat through this tournament. Hamid Hassan hitting ninety miles an hour should be in the Hall oh, of Fame. How some that? that was so amazing. I love watching him play again. He, he hasn't played a game in three thought, years because he he's done. been injured. I genuinely thought he'd retired. I was so thrilled to see him in the squad and seeing him with the new ball and how quickly he bowled. He had Warner on the hop a couple of times. A great bounce where he bowled to Finch and pinned him in the chest. We should I mean, have had Warner out. There was a, yes. ca- a catch at slip that just wasn't reached. You know, it right. wasn't dropped, but, but slip just didn't get there. I reckon Mujib for the, the ball where he walked about three metres outside his off stump and Cummins followed him with a bouncer and hit him. And then Mujib back three metres outside leg stump and tried to carve the ball off his stumps and was bowled. That little sequence is possibly in there. I'm probably struggling to think of anything further, Jeff. It, 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 yeah. I reckon the, the one that I really would push for for today was just that one pull shot from Rashid Khan where he absolutely nailed, I think it was from Cummins, it was head high and he cracked it. He leaned back and cracked it high into the stands. But it was I've never seen a ball disappear like that. It was like he hit it and it vanished in a puff of smoke like a villain making his dramatic exit. The ball was just gone. It didn't, it didn't sail away. It was vanished. And the sound, the sound was orgasmic. That was a great moment. So where are we getting to? I think I'm leaning towards Cardiff. I'm leaning towards Karina Ratna because A, you just don't see it that often. uh, And B, his story is such an unlikely one in a losing side the whole bit. And I just feel as though through the tournament, we're going to have plenty more to say about Australia. So let's leave them alone. And Afghanistan are going to be entertaining for different reasons throughout as well. There we are. End of part one. We'll be back with part two shortly. Now, quick word about our sponsors, Jeff. Have you ever thought about your dream retirement? I have literally never thought about any kind of retirement. (laughs) Well, are you keeping an eye on your super? Are you confident you're with the fund that has your best interests at heart? If I'm completely honest, I don't think I even know what fund I'm with or if I have super. (laughs) Okay, well, this is very important information for you. Did you know that CBUS is an award-winning industry super fund run to benefit members rather than profit shareholders? So, for example, this year, CBUS won the CanStar Most Satisfied Customers Superfund Award. That does sound like a deeply satisfying experience. <laughs> well, they've put their members' interests first for 34 years, and it shows. Their My Super option has returned an average of 9.29% over that time. That actually does sound like something I should investigate. <laughs> so consider CBUS today. Visit cbussuper.com.au. And remember that past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. <laughs> You've always wanted to do that. <laughs> I have. <laughs> this 
is the final word. World Cup Daily Part 2. We're going to be maybe begging for clemency from our producer to go a minute or two over 20 because we've got two games to cover and it's hard to do. This is a difficult job. But uh, what is ahead of us as we sail back towards London in our luxury vehicle? Yes, well, we're going to go to the Oval tomorrow and watch Africa play Bangladesh, the tournament opener for the latter. The former lost to England on opening day, so they need to make it count there, back where they lost on Thursday against England and then in terms of casting forward a bit further from the teams that played today Australia aren't in action again until Thursday at Trent Bridge against West Indies that will be a cracking game that's like a I'm not going to say it's like a mini elimination game far from it but there's two sides it's like a in an AFL context it's like an eight point game it means more than just one result I reckon it does but I also reckon it could be one of the most exciting games of this comp Trent Bridge small ground good batting wicket the way that West Indies can hit. If they bat first, you know, if they bat first and make 380 or something, it'd be great to see Australia stretched because I, I really didn't like the way Australia went about that run chase today. After seeing how New Zealand smashed the run chase and how West Indies did it, I would have thought the onus would be there to say, get those six wickets down in 20 overs rather than, you know, getting them a couple of wickets down in 35. Just in terms of run rate, net run rate is could be important at the end of the tournament. Um, and Australia haven't been stretched. They haven't sort of had to show that they've got that power hitting. If they come up against a team that can go big, then they'll have to. In terms of our own movements, we're going back to London for that game. Then we're down in Southampton to watch India play their World Cup opener. I have no idea who that's against. I really should, but I'll tell you what, <laughs> there's a lot going on at the moment. Then we're up at Trent Bridge for the Australia game. What I'm hoping for... In, India are playing South Africa. So South Africa have three, three games. games before it, their third wow. is India's first. I like that. They've got three in six days, South Africa. Okay. And then they put their feet up for about two weeks. I suspect they do. Go on holiday go on to holiday. Wales yeah, or something. Yeah, or go to Spain, better still. Uh, what I'm hoping for... If we, if we can talk about going forward, is I'm hoping for a close game. Arguably the closest result in this tournament was when England won by 104 <laughs> runs on Thursday. Yeah, um, because at least for 50 overs it was competitive. Yeah, well, that's the only game we've had that kind of experience. So that, that's what I'm crying out for tomorrow. Hopefully Bangladesh and South Africa, whether it's a low-scoring thriller or someone gets on a roll, I just want to see the game go deep and I want to not know who's going to win at 5 o'clock. Yeah, and, and I think you know the big thing Afghanistan can take out of today is that they've seen higher-ranked teams roll over and they didn't do it. And once again, as we've said a million times, it makes a nonsense of this idea that you can't have lower-ranked teams in the World Cup because they'll be uncompetitive. No one's competitive. A lot of cricket matches are uncompetitive, no matter how good the teams are. You could have the top two teams play each other ten times, and you might get two close games out of it. That's how cricket works. Sorry. One of the great fig leaves from the ICC was saying the reason they kicked out Associate Nations carte blanche, that's exactly what's happened, is because of the fact that they weren't competitive. In 2015, as they said in their own internal report, the Associate Nations were more competitive than ever. Yep, and uh, matches between full member nations uh, often end in bigger margins than matches between Associates or others. So we say get Scotland back in, get Ireland back in. Here, here. I don't know, get Papua New Guinea in. I don't mind. Let's embrace it. Get them all in. That is enough for today. This has been the final word. World Cup Daily, day three, only four. Three days to go. We'll be with you for every single one of them, increasingly deranged. Thanks to Seabus. George Benson. I ain't protected by the way I ain't fenced. And if my future questions, my current senses, that'd be the same we've been doing for centuries. Sorry if I ran into empty broke this, so you know what I meant here. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. Every day, 
hundreds of thousands of us are building a future we can all be proud of. For over 34 years, the growth CBUS My Super option has returned an average of 9.29% per annum for its members while investing in projects that not only create jobs, but something better. CBUS for all of us. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance.